Our, our time of prayer, our, our focus is going to be for um, Michael and Chris Bowen. Uh, they are in Southeast Asia. And then we'll start with, uh, after that, a video that Michael and Chris and the kids are in their lap that they made just for us, uh, for West 7. So we'll be glad to share that. It's just four minutes long. We bow with me, please? Dear Most Heavenly Father, Thank you for letting us come here tonight so that we worship you and, and so that we can start this month of prayer. Help us to always remember how powerful prayer is in each of our individual lives. Father, help us tonight as we think about Michael and Chris Bowen and, and we pray for their, their mission work in Southeast Asia and that you can give them strength in, in trying circumstances. Father, we with Celine Walker's family. Uh, comfort them in this time. There's also several others that are sick and in the hospital, be with them and, and strengthen them and, and heal them. Give our elders wisdom as, as they guide this congregation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Church, hello from the Bowens here in We just wanted to send you a little line with some updates on our family. As you can see, in the three months that we've been here, it has darkened my skin and regrown my hair. Up super fast. Cannon can already count to ten and is enjoying running around the house in the yard and chasing off uh, what he likes to call the bok bok chickens. Um, Austin has two teeth now and she's peg leg crawling around the house, uh, which means she's got one foot and one knee. So um, she's getting around a lot more now. Chris is also growing in her own ways. She is known as the star pupil down at the St. TN Candlelight Language School where we go to class each week. We just wanted to say hello and uh, ask you to praise God with us because of the miracles that he's done in the short few months here in <laughs> We were able to find a house within a week of being here um, and it is the perfect spot for us and we're really enjoying uh, getting to know our neighbors here. Uh, we've also settled in and are doing well in language school. We have completed the reading and writing course and we're still working on conversation and now some grammar. Uh, we're also making new friends, new local friends, and so we wanted to tell you a quick story about what happened just a couple nights ago. We were coming home from the Kingston's and uh, as we normally do on the back road between our houses, uh, we walk and we stroll the kids in the stroller and we pray over the area and we ask God to send out workers into the harvest. We pray for persons of peace, noble-hearted people that will show us hospitality and in so doing reveal that they're people of character, people whom the Lord may be raising up. As soon as we finished our prayer, we were pulled aside into someone's home slash business. He saw that we were drenched in sweat because it was really hot, and he saw our hot kids, and he offered to give us some water. So we said, we definitely have to stop, even though it's late, because you don't pray this prayer and then keep walking. So we stopped, and he offered us water, and in the course of the conversation, he even offered us a ride home. We told him that we'd rather walk, and we visited for a little bit longer. And we saw that this man had hospitality, a lot of the characteristics that we look for in noble-hearted people. And then as we were leaving, something happened that had never happened before. He really wanted to reach out and shake my hand, really made an effort to grab my hand. He looked me in the eyes and he said, Pajau Uipong, which is a really curious phrase that we don't hear very often. It means God bless you. 
So what a great sign from the Lord that he's calling up people in this place. He's got people that are already calling his name, and we just have to find those people and engage them. It sounds like a neat story, but it's something that happens really often here, especially when we are praying. So we want to ask you to continue to be praying the prayer for God to send out workers into his harvest field and that we'll have the courage to meet them and engage them on a daily basis. Uh, we want you to know that we're praying for you and uh, our family there every day as well. We love and miss all of you very much. We're thankful that we had the few months to spend there in Columbia because now we have faces to miss, people to miss. Hope you miss us too. See we'll, you later. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Bye.
Matthew 9, 35 through 38. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. And um, I feel like I need to begin by apologizing because if you know and love Michael, you know there is no other like Michael. So I can't read them like he wrote them and like he would say them. But I do want to share a little bit because I think it brings to life a little bit of what they're going through and what he's asking of us. So I've just uh, chosen a few. There was one he sent just soon after arriving, and he entitled this one, It Ain't Kansas. People want to know what it's like where we're living, and the only feedback we've given have been a few photos of our empty rental that the UCD wife posted on Facebook. Sorry. I can't use photographs on this site, but I can provide some word pictures for your fancy. There are plenty of cars and trucks, but motorcycles dominate traffic, almost no bicycles, and fewer pedestrians than you might expect in a developing world. Unlike an American in a Spanish-speaking country, the written word is totally foreign. Squiggles and loops. And then he puts it all together, and there are no spaces between the words in a sentence, so it's even more confusing. Everyone is very smiley and geared toward hospitality and community. We've been invited into many, many homes for a drink and a seat and some poor attempts at verbal communication, but nonverbal works fine. It's hot. Everyone seems to have an iPhone. Phones here operate on the 3G system, and data is bought with little cards. You call a number and charge up your data. Little $2 phone credit coupons are all over the ground here. The main roads are paved, and many of the secondary roads are gravel or packed dirt. It gets dusty sometimes. The produce is really great and fresh. Vegetables are bright and colorful. The meat is fresh, but the process of buying it and getting it home is unnerving. Tonight we're having pork that was cut off the pig right in front of me, and it swarmed with flies as it was thrown into a pile with all the other tenderloins. I chose it, and it was placed for me in a plastic bag, the handles of which were tied with meat juice hands of the butcher. I didn't have small bills, so I received change that was handed to me by the same meat juice hands. Don't worry, you can also buy pig faces and cow heads. Only the heads, I can't find beef anywhere. And live fish, fresh. There are no coins in this currency system, and credit cards are rarely accepted, so everyone carries around copious amounts of paper money. The exchange rate is 8,000 to one. So when we changed $500 to local currency, we became instant millionaires. There is city water that is pumped to your home, and it's cleaner than some water, but not clean enough for us to drink, so we filter it with a clay pot. The first week, it tasted like chalk. We mostly get around either by walking or by taking the tuk-tuk. You know where the tuk-tuk is? Uh, well, I actually explained it. We take the bus to the language school. Every time we ride the tuk-tuk downtown, it costs about $12 round trip. Here, the tuk-tuks are motorcycles that have been converted to have a trailer with a metal roof and no car seats. 
We do enjoy a lot of modern conveniences. There's a supermarket kind of place about a mile away that has milk and diapers and juice and good bread and even frozen chicken breast, so don't get the wrong idea. Here's what you would see if you walk down the main road near our house. First, a big open-air building with concrete floor like a hangar or a garage. This is the village headquarters. Next, an English vocational school attended by children. It's very small. Next, a row of businesses that all have the same layout. The storefront is a garage door that's lifted when open and lowered when closed. First, a hair salon, then a nail place. Next, a very small and basic market. Around the corner on the main road, you'd see more traffic, four lanes and a concrete median. On our side of the road, there's a pharmacy and a phone charge business. There's a plasticware seller with trash cans, Tupperware, and bathroom racks, etc. Next is a motorcycle dealer, then a restaurant or two. A watch repairman has a stand in one of the eateries, and so on. I hope that helps. We appreciate your prayers very much. New local friends include Joey and Beth in the market, and Fing, the landlady. And then early in May, he posted this. You are needed. We've talked before, I think, about how important your prayers are to what we are doing here. Basically, and this is underlined, if you're not praying for God to work in this place, we might as well have stayed at home. We go out every day and mix in among the locals with the realization that virtually none of the thousands of people we see in the course of a week is a believer in the God who made the world. When we go to the market, or to the team meetings, or to language school, or just walk in the neighborhood, we are thinking about what we need to buy from the vendor, how to navigate the double stroller in traffic without causing an accident, what words or phrases we're going to use to practice language, when the last bus came and how long we'll have to wait, what price should we offer the tuk-tuk driver, and underneath all of that and more, we're thinking about the workers for the harvest, most of the time. Sometimes we're just thinking about surviving. We're thinking about the workers because that's who we came here to find. We think about them and pray for them because in the throng of folks who don't believe in the God who made the world, there are a hidden few who do. At least they want to believe in him. So yes, we're getting groceries, but we're also looking for that one in a thousand person whom God is raising up as a worker in his harvest field. There's no neon sign pointing the way to these people, and on the surface, they look just like everyone else. An already impossible mission is, is currently even impossibler because we have a grasp of only about 200 words or phrases in the local language. But that doesn't mean we can't seek persons of peace. God has provided unique avenues of communication before, and English is spoken by a few but of course, the overwhelming good news is divine strength is available to miraculously bring us together. And that's where you come in, friend. I've been in Acts lately, and I'm impressed by the devotion to prayer that was characteristic of the disciples and the apostles in the midst of all the amazing things that were happening. Virtually every memorable moment in Acts came after a time of prayer. Before Pentecost and after the ascension, the 120 believers in Jerusalem were, quote, with one accord, devoting themselves to prayer, unquote. What came next was the birth of the church, when in one day the believers in Jerusalem grew from 120 to thousands. And all those new believers devoted themselves to prayer. What came next was even more renowned for the way, 
as the apostles went around speaking about Jesus who was crucified and raised again. When ministers were needed to serve widows in the Jerusalem church, the apostles delegated because they were devoting themselves to prayer and to ministry of the word, a work that could not be interrupted because of the critical importance. Prayer brought the Holy Spirit to the Gentiles. Prayer brought Peter and Cornelius together. Prayer broke Peter out of prison the very day he was to be executed. And on and on. I want to thank you for your prayers over the past months. So many of you have let us know that you're daily praying Jesus' prayer from Luke 10. We're so encouraged. I want to deepen your conviction that your intercession for our host country is an absolute vital ministry. And for those who haven't been praying, start now, please. Lord of harvest, please send out workers into your harvest field. And then one more, and we put this in the messenger, so maybe you've read it, but I think it'd be good to hear again. He titled this one, I Know. Man, it feels good to be right. I had done been telling you that God would act if you prayed. I had done been telling you. I'm just reading it as it's written. Somebody said, prayer don't work, you dumb. I said, no, if you don't think prayer works, you dumb. Last week, I made a special plea for special prayer that until we become proficient in the local language, God would provide potential friends and persons of peace with whom we could communicate. Let's praise God together for a minute because you folks prayed and he made stuff happen. It's almost like when you ask God for something according to his will, he hears you. Somebody write that down. In our first six weeks, we met no one in our neighborhood with whom we could communicate much more than a few simple sentences. This week, we met Na, it's N-A-H, Na, Tong, our new neighbor, all of whom speak English. I know. I know. Na runs a shop with his wife, an eight-month-old, university educated with fine English. He invited us to come visit with him more and to be, quote, cousins, unquote, to his family. Tong was burning brush across the street, and in capital letters he writes, and called me over to him in English. I delayed my trip to the market, and we talked for a good while. He drives a tour bus and studied English with a tutor for a year. He invited us to come meet his grandchildren, our kids' ages, and his children, our ages. I know. Viet is our new next-door neighbor. He came over one morning and knocked capital letters, knocked on our gate. I know, he writes, to introduce herself. I haven't spoken to her much yet, nor have we met her diplomat husband. So let's praise the Lord and ask for more. Thanks so much for your intercession. Remember, the church, not the missionary, is God's tool to reach the lost. When your prayers end, so does the mission. Following the last blog that was talking about prayer, here are the things that Michael and Chris have asked us to pray for. Number one, bless the people of this country. Seven million of them, kind and hospitable, welcoming and warm, completely without Jesus. Number two, workers for the harvest from Luke 10. We're still banging that drum. Number three, language and cultural understanding. This is a season of learning so that we can tweak our general strategy to fit our specific context. We often pray for supernatural language retention and ability, meaning help them remember the language as they learn it. Number four, friends in this country. 
We look for persons of peace, but we also need friends to make us feel welcome and help us keep our love for the people. Number five, to break Satan's bonds. With Buddhas everywhere and spirit houses outside every home and business, it is clear that the evil one has clouded the minds of the people here. He has a stronghold here that must fall. Number six, our family. Keep us safe from harm, safe on the roads, healthy mentally, physically, and spiritually. Protect our marriage. And whether we are protected or not, we, that we will glorify God. Number seven, bless our team. As we work with the Pinkstons, help us love one another and continue to seek the same goals of glorifying God in this country. And then he adds that number uh, seven seems like a holy place to stop. Before I pray, I'd like to read from Revelation chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. When he opened the seventh seal, there was silence in heaven for about an hour. And I saw the seven angels who stand before God, and to them were given seven trumpets. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. The smoke of the incense, together with the prayers of the saints, went up before God from the angel's hand. Then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar, and hurled it on the earth. And there came peals of thunder, rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. Now what does this say? The angel has taken this censer and he has put it on the altar and is full of the prayers of the saints. And when it is thrown on the earth, what happens? Rumblings, flashes of lightning, and an earthquake. What does that tell us? That God is pleased with our prayers, but also when we pray, he will shake the earth. He will make things move based on what we pray. So as we pray for the Bowens tonight and their work, let us remember that they are the ones on the ground there, but God will make things move for them and will open doors for them and create opportunities for them to glorify him and save people based on what we ask him here today and what we ask him each day in our lives. So if you would, let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, we glorify you and praise you as being the God of all creation, the God of this whole world, the God of every country, the God of every people and nation and everyone that has ever lived. We know that you love them all and that you wait patiently for all men to turn and come to you and to be brought to your son. We know that not all men will do that, but we do our best to show your love to them so that they may turn and be saved. We thank you for the hope that we have through your son, through the the path that we have through him to be with you in heaven, uh, that we do not have to be lost because of our sins. This evening we pray specifically for the Bowens and their work and what they are doing in Southeast Asia. We pray specifically for these things that, that they have requested us this evening, that you will bless the people there, that they will be warming and welcoming. We pray that you will send workers to the harvest, that you will raise up the people in that land, that they will hear your word, they will study it, and that then they will also go out and teach people and bring them to you. We pray for the Bowens and their, uh, their understanding of the language and the culture, that they may be able to understand it quickly, and also that they will uh, be able to use it quickly in teaching people your word and use it in the right way. We pray that they will have friends in that country. We know that they are there to do your work, that you can strengthen them, uh, but they need physical friends there as well to comfort them and to, to create a home for them so that they can continue in their work. We also pray that you will break Satan's bonds in that country, that people have been so long in darkness believing things that are wrong. Uh, people have taught them and raised them so that they do not believe you and have not turned to you. We pray that you will tear that down and tear those, uh, those thoughts out of their minds and instead 
put your light in their hearts and that, that you will work through the Bowens to do that and, and that the work that they do will, uh, will replace Satan with your light and your truth. We pray for the Bowens family. We pray that you will keep them strong together as a family, that you will protect their marriage as they are there, uh, away from their home and away from their families, and we pray that you will keep them safe so that they can continue to do your work. We pray that you will bless that whole team that is there, the Bowens and the Pinksons, that they will work together, that they will always look to each other's needs, that they will always seek to encourage each other and keep their eyes focused on you, uh, never on the small things that might happen, but always on uh, the main goal of bringing souls to Christ. We pray that um, whatever may happen, that you will give them strength, that they may glorify you in whatever circumstance, and that people may see them and see uh, their reliance on you in turn and be saved. It's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.